0: It filled my heart up to hear you guys singing to the Lord tonight. And so I just want you to know uh, just I know sometimes um, sometimes we come in here and, you know, don't exactly know what to expect. And uh, out of, you know, um, as far as you, you know, are concerned, you know, sometimes you come in here and you don't know what to expect. It's been a busy day, busy week, stressful at home, whatever. And I've always wanted this to be a place where you can come and maybe just like throw all that aside for just a moment and just pour your heart out to God. And I feel like that was just a sweet moment. And so if it was just for me, like, thank you. But I know that that was an offering to God. And so I just want to cheer you on and just let you know that the leaders in the room, I guarantee I'm not the only one who just sat and was just like, wow, this is like a picture of heaven right now, just listening to students sing to the Lord. So anyway, I just wanted to to give you a high five there. Um, uh, We are closing out our series called It's Personal, uh, and I wanted to tell you one more story uh, just about me. It's kind of like Dimitri said last week. Uh, I feel like it's fair to share a little bit about us and let you get to know us a little bit. Uh, when I was in high school, I was completely different than I am now. Um, in fact, even when I was in high school, the first couple years and the last, uh, the, the first two years and the last two years, I, I was a, a different person. I, I would tell you, that uh, obviously as a freshman, I mean, maybe some of the freshmen could share like how weird it is to step into the big high school for the first time and you're like, man, I have no idea what to expect. Um, and so for me, I've told this uh, before, my job was just like, just to file and keep your head down and don't, you know, don't uh, be like too, just be invisible, I guess is what I was after, is just be invisible. And then, um, I actually had kind of a, a good group of friends, but in my junior year, I really kind of was like, okay, I'm starting to feel comfortable. I've got my, the rhythm down and all this. So, so my junior year and my senior year, I became kind of more social, a little more out, outgoing and, and outward. Um, and it's funny that a lot of people think I'm an extrovert, but i really kind of, uh, I lean introvert, uh, meaning I recharge alone. I don't recharge in a crowd. I'm happy to spend time with people, but at the end of the day, when I'm exhausted, this is the question I ask students. When I'm like, which one are you? When you're exhausted, would you rather be in your room alone or with your friends? That's the answer to that question. So like, after the all-nighter, I wanted—I no- love you. I wanted nothing to do with teenagers after the all-night. I was like, let me go home, take like a 17-hour nap, and just watch college football. And that was just the dreams—just me and my family in my house. It was just chill and relax and all that, right? So I'm kind of an introvert, but in high school. Here's the point of the story. Um, I was figuring out a lot about myself and I would tell you that I wasn't super, um, like, I wouldn't like the best with grades. Um, Y'all's pressure to achieve and get good grades is much higher, at least in my perspective, um, than it was when I was in high school. And the questions that y'all are being asked in ninth grade, like, what is your career path and where are you going to go to college? I'm going to tell you, I was in my end of my junior year and I was like, I have no idea how to even begin the answer to that question. I don't know, I don't know. I had very little, here's what would have summed me up. I had very little ambition in life. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to live. I didn't know where I wanted to go to college. I didn't know if I wanted to go to college. I just didn't know. And I was kind of walking towards this this moment where I was just like, man, I'm gonna graduate and then I'm gonna have to have these decisions made or whatever, but I was like kind of, not what you would think. Like, if you're thinking, oh, he's a student minister and he loves to, to share the, the word of God with people, no one would have said that about me in high school. No one would have said that. Maybe my latter years after I got saved, but even then, I was more the, I was really, I kind of turned into like a little bit of the class clown guy in my group of friends. I was the one that was trying to make people laugh and just trying to have a good time, but very little ambition. And I think it's because this is important. I think uh, as I've thought about my own story, uh, I don't know that, uh, that I ever had an adult that I connected with until I connected with my youth pastor. Uh, and then I'm also going to tell you about uh, my art teacher, Mrs. Shake, uh, in high school. But I- I've heard people all the time say like, oh, I love history or I love science, I love English. And I'm like, what do you love about it? And the first thing they say is, I love my teacher. My teacher makes it come to life. Um, and uh, maybe you don't love the subject matter, but the the teacher's like, man, really kind of brings it to life. Does anyone have, like, a teacher in their life that's like, yes, I love that subject mainly because I love, yeah, right? So I wanted to uh, really show you a picture of me in art class, which was my favorite class in high school, okay? So this is probably 1999 or 2000, um, and you will be able to tell what time it was because I'm wearing a Creed shirt. Have I showed you guys this picture? I showed this to the adults a couple weeks ago, but I don't think I've showed you. This is me in art class. That's me with a Creed shirt. I've got a hemp necklace on. I'm painting a picture of my girlfriend and I at prom. Whoa, Kelly! <laughs> right? You had girlfriends? Yeah. It baffles me the things that shock you guys. Like, like, or is this more like, we just never would. Like, it's amazing that you married Christy and like, we figured you never had. It was just like, God just kind of like had to convince Christy to marry Mark, but there was no girlfriends and like, all this. yeah, okay. Yeah, you're so nice. Thank you, Savannah. I revoke your points. Okay, so this is me in art class. And I show you this picture, not because I'm like, well, I gotta find a picture to show him every week. This was my favorite class. And um, maybe one of the reasons that I felt like I didn't have any ambition was because the only thing that I liked in life, as far as like school, was art. Um, I loved art. And honestly, I was like, if I could have a career in art, if you could pay me $100,000 a year to sit around and paint, I would have done that. But that's not a, career. <laughs> that's not a career. You might have to paint people's walls just one shade, right? Up and down. And, uh, and then, so I did not know kind of what I was going to do with my life. And what's interesting is that uh, months before this picture was taken, I was working on a project and my art teacher, Mrs. Shake, walks up to me and, I, and no lie, I'll never forget this. I'm 40 years old. This was like 20 something years ago. And she said, that, that's it. What you're doing that's your thing. That's what you're good at. That's the style. That's the, that, that is, you, you, that, that's picture perfect, 10 out of 10, you found your style. And I was like, I felt like I was the king of the world. Has anyone ever shared something with you? Of course, this table would do that. It's incredible. Do you all want to go to the kids' ministry? Because I'll... Of course they would say that. Okay. I didn't know the answer. I'm actually shocked. Yeah, I'm actually shocked. This is great. It's fantastic. So check it out. Can I, can y'all chill? Seriously, for all of y'all? Here's what I want to share with the people who care. Um, Have you ever had a moment where someone said, like, I see something in you, and it was like, oh, man, it kind of shared, like, a sense of, like, I have potential. Has anyone ever shared that with you? And you may not have had that moment. Maybe it was like a coach. Maybe it was uh, a teacher. Maybe it was uh, an instructor of some sort or even a tutor or or uh, maybe just a friend's parent or something like that. You know, sometimes it's good to get the high five, like, hey, you did a good job at the game. You did a good job at the recital or whatever. But then sometimes someone looks at you and says like, oh my goodness, you are like so incredibly talented. Like no one is like you in this way. And I remember the feeling that I had uh, when she shared that. And here I am sharing it, like, again, 20 plus years later. Um, the same thing happened with my youth pastor, actually, when I felt, this was now in college. Uh, you can take the picture down. Um, I was in college, and I had this moment where I felt God. I'm going to tell you this story really briefly. I felt like God, what the word is, called me um, into ministry, meaning in some sort of supernatural way, he spoke right into my heart and said, I have, I have created you for youth ministry. And that's what I'm sending you to do. And for the first time, I felt a sense of like ambition. And I felt a sense of like calling. And I felt a sense of purpose. And I felt a sense of, that's the thing that I want to do. That's the thing that I want. I want to do that for the rest of my life. I got excited about it. Went home, told my parents. And they said, that's amazing why don't you talk to Danny, your youth pastor? I talked to Danny like the next time I was in front of him and he was like smiling ear to ear when I was telling him. And he goes, oh yeah, of course. And I, I said, what do, you, what, what do you mean? Of course, what do you mean? And he goes, oh, I saw that coming a mile away. Like I could have I told you that. And I said, why didn't you like tell me? Because I've been over here like, In no man's land, like not knowing what I want to do. I mean, to be honest with you, my first year of college, I was kind of like, "Ah, I still don't know what I want to do. I was starting to get nervous, starting to compare myself to other people. It seemed like they had direction and an idea of where they wanted to go. Why didn't you tell me? And And he said very clearly, well, that's something that God has to share with you. That's something that God has to share with you. And sure enough, it, it, he's right. So the next thing he did, right, he and my parents kind of both were like, hey, so so talk to some other people and, and maybe set yourself up in a place where you can learn and all this kind of stuff. So I started taking classes. I did an internship. I was a youth intern uh, at my church. And then just step after step after step, everything around pointed me in the right direction. And for someone to say like, oh my gosh, you've got potential in this area, uh, it, was, it was like, Amazing to me. Now, those are just humans. Those are just humans. Think about all of the the, the, the emotion and the purpose packed in, in where Jesus meets Zacchaeus. Okay, so we've been talking about Zacchaeus for a few weeks. Think about this way. In um, Luke chapter 19, we're going to go through the verses again. There's just 10 verses. In fact, I think you guys have heard these verses so many times that you should be able to just maybe recite these almost from memory. Like Jesus was walking through the town. Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man, short in stature, so he had to climb the tree because he wanted to see Jesus. He was passing through, right? You're remembering. Um, can we just put the verses on the screen, uh, starting verse one, right? He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the count of a crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Uh, next, next slide. We're going to get to verse seven, is where we're really going to land. So he ran on ahead and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. When he, Jesus came to the place, he looked up, said to him, Zacchaeus, calls him by name. Remember, Jesus knows your name. Hurry up, come down from us, come to stay at your house today. Uh, And then, uh, so he hurried, he comes down, receives him joyfully. The crowd grumbles because they see Jesus spending time with a sinner, right? This is a sinner, a a chief tax collector. And then uh, next verse is, is really what's crazy. So you got a guy who's a sinner. The whole crowd knows he's a sinner. He's got a label on him that he can't get away from. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, so, so let me pause real fast. You gotta read between the lines here because this whole story is ten verses. Imagine if someone told your most important story in ten verses. Right? It would be, you'd have to kind of skip over some detail. So I wish we had a little more detail, but here's what we know: Zacchaeus stood, said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded or stolen. Anything. if I've lied and stolen and taken things uh, from anyone, I'll restore it fourfold. In other words, if he stole a $100 from you, he's gonna give you back 400. So he's going to uh, probably eliminate a lot of his wealth. Remember, where he lives, he's probably alone. He probably doesn't have family or friends around. He's been hated on by other people. The only people that he probably is friends with are other tax collectors that are doing the same uh, sinful stuff that he's doing. So he has this moment where he says, I'm gonna restore these things fourfold. And then obviously Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. I wanted to kind of zero in with you just a moment on those two, those two verses. It's really seven and eight. They're different slides, so it doesn't matter. But we know that he's a sinner, and we know that he has this like big change. Now, this big change uh, does not save Zacchaeus, right? It's not like, I'll give all the money away. That doesn't save. It's, it, you, you might be tempted to read it that way because Jesus comes to his house. He says, I'm gonna pay all this money back. And then Jesus says, you're a, a Christian, basically. You're saved. You're a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this house. And so it's interesting to me that uh, we see all through Scripture that Jesus doesn't say like, "Oh no, no, you got to pay these things back fourfold, or you got to share half of your offerings with, with all, all these people in the city." It doesn't say that. But what can we assume happened by understanding the other parts of Scripture? He realized that it was wrong. Okay, he realized that what he did was wrong. That's one part. What else? What do we know from other elements of Scripture? What would make someone in Zacchaeus's place a, a Christian, a saved is Christians a funny word to use because there weren't Christians yet, because Jesus was still, hadn't been crucified yet, um, but a, a God-fearing man, a man who would go to heaven. Anybody? What would have happened between Jesus coming to stay at his house? Zacchaeus making that statement for Jesus then to say, "Salvation's come to your house this day." So it's, is it a difficult question? Why is it difficult? Because he, he didn't die yet. Okay, so technically we have this like belief that we accept that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, so we hadn't died yet. Did everyone in the Old Testament go to go to hell? It's a, this is like a tough, tough question. We actually talked about this in high school LBS. I wonder if anyone would, would speak to it. Did you have something? What 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 do we know about the people in the Old Testament? What did they do? They had to give offerings. Did that make them go to heaven? Made them repent. Okay. Isaac, did you have something? That? Okay. Go ahead. Savannah? Savannah? So, yeah, go ahead. Uh, they did not get baptized, I don't believe. Baptism, the first mention of baptism is in the New Testament. So here's what's interesting. In Romans chapter 4, uh, Paul's writing to the Roman church, and here's what he's going to say. He's going to say, Abra-, he's talking about Abraham. What then should we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? Right? Sons of Abraham. He's talking about Abraham. For if Abraham was justified by works or, or saved, right, declared a Christian, uh, by works, he has something to boast about. Was he justified by his works? Has, is anyone justified by the good things they do? No. Okay, so check this out. Tough question. Can you get saved by the sacrifices? No. No? Say that again? Okay, not by your works, but by your heart. So our understanding, which is very like clear, because Jesus died and rose again two thousand years ago, and we have all the accounts of it and everything. He did not have; he's watching it happen, right? It's it's like it's happening right in front of him. So there's not necessarily a death and resurrection to put his faith in. Romans in Romans chapter four, it says, "What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness." It's important for you to know that people in the Old Testament that didn't have Jesus, who died and resurrected. Uh, to put their faith in those who believed Jesus. So think about Abraham, who heard this word from God: "Go to the land that I'm going to show you." Abraham, he's not perfect. He didn't put his faith in like a Jesus per se, but did he believe God? Yeah, he believed God. And what God's or what Paul is saying in in the book of Romans, I want you. This is like really kind of deep um, th- theology and and something that is important for you to know. It means that God credited righteousness to his account so that when, when God looked at Abraham, he still saw the righteousness of Jesus, the holiness and the per- perfection of Jesus. Are we going to see Abraham in heaven? Yes, yes. Yeah. I know you're like, man, I did not know we were going to go to seminary tonight. Like, here's the thing. This is, this is important for us to know because what's happening to Zacchaeus? Well, he says he's going to give his money away and I guess he gets to go to heaven. Wrong. What happened to Zacchaeus in that moment? It's fine. Oh, no um, so he probably, like, felt the Lord in him. Felt the Lord in him. Felt the and okay. And Ellie? Felt guilt and shame, had a change of heart posture. Can you describe that change of heart posture? Of what he done, so let me let me add to all those. Those are such great points. He's standing in front of the Son of God, which he's putting. Listen, it's a lot of trust to put your trust in Jesus who hasn't died and resurrected yet. It's a lot of trust, but they, he still put his trust in Jesus, right? Jesus rightly sees his heart change, his heart posture, kind of like you're saying changing. But I don't want you to hear. I want you to hear me very clearly. I don't want you to mistake this. It's not just the guilt and the shame. Because guilt doesn't save, and shame doesn't save. Shame points you to the cross, right? Guilt points you to the cross, hopefully. But then you see Jesus, who's the Son of God, and says, put your faith in me, right? Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. So everything that Zacchaeus was given in that moment was a personal, like, I am facing the Son of God, like, in flesh right now. And something happened in his heart, he, he had faith in that moment. He had faith in Jesus. So maybe that answers our question a little bit. Like, why was he... He climbed a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. Why did he want to see Jesus? My my guess, again, the scripture doesn't say this exactly, but my guess is he was kind of vaguely aware that this was like possibly the son of God. And there was something that happened in that conversation that that made him put his faith in Jesus. This was like a salvation moment for Zacchaeus. And... Outside of that, all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to give the stuff away. His main sin, he began repenting from. I've said repenting is like a change of mind that turns into like a change of action. His main sin got turned on its head, and he's turned it into generosity. Did you check that out? Did the generosity save him? No, no. No. Like, does your, does your going to church save you? No. Does your going on a mission trip save you? Does giving to the church? No, none of that. But when God saves you, he wants to take your th- sin and flop it on its head, and he wants to see all of you be able to, like, have fruit in your life, to be able to walk out your life with Jesus. Here's what I want to tell you, okay? A couple, couple things that we, I want to show you, okay? Um, it's uh, Jesus, uh, he knows your potential, He knows your potential. He saw Zacchaeus' potential, and he was like, I want to come to your house. Everyone disagreed because they said, ah, you don't belong in the house of a sinner. And what did Jesus say? I see the potential in Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is going to be a member of the family of God by the end of this day because he saw something in Zacchaeus. And I need you to understand, okay? All eyes on me for just a moment. You are not precluded from that either. And Jesus knows your potential. And Jesus knows that you've got uh, a part in the family of God, too. But I want to tell you this. There's the moment of salvation, which I think everyone loves to run to because they're like, salvation's great because I get the Holy Spirit, and I go to heaven when I die, and all this is great. But then can you begin to change? Like, Zacchaeus changed right off the bat, and he's like, I'm going to be generous. I've been greedy, and I've been shameful, but but I'm going to be generous. But I want to tell you, here's my warning. The last thing I want to say in this series is that a lot of people— get their, like, get out of heaven free card, and they're like, I'm in the family of God. I'm free. I feel good. And they start kind of turning inward. And they go to Bible studies, which are great. Love Bible studies. We're here in one right now, right? Go to Bible studies. But they never turn They never turn and, like, cha- like change in outward form. They never walk it out. They, ne- they never bear fruit. So I wanted to show you a chart real quick, okay? Because... I want you to see this and think about Zacchaeus when it comes to this. So it's like one of the last slides, Kyle. Uh, So there's this knowledge, right? We come to the knowledge of of Jesus, right? And we have maybe the salvation moment. The more we know about Jesus, the more we know about who he's made us to be. Check it out. Our obedience should track with that. Our obedience. So here's what I love about Zacchaeus. He's a great example for us because right away he was like, I'm going to be generous and I'm going to start repenting in physical form and the fruit is going to be very clear. But some people are like, man, I got saved and I'm just going to kind of be like Bible study king, Bible study queen and kind of kind of fill my head with knowledge. But I'm not going to obey so much. You can't make me obey. You can't make me. Here's what I think. Zacchaeus had a moment. Look at anyone in scripture that had a real solid moment like Zacchaeus did. And you're going to see obedience tracking right along with it. As the knowledge of God grows, your obedience should grow, as well. And we see that in Zacchaeus. And I just want to tell you, I said last thing, but this is truly the last thing. The work, right? The change that happens. Sometimes we get exhausted because we're like, "Oh, I can't. I don't. I don't know that I can change, right? I am greedy, and I can't stop being greedy. I'm I'm a Christian, but I'm still greedy, right?" I'm not like Zacchaeus. I'm not going to give all my money away. Or, I used to be a liar. I got saved. I'm still going to tell lies. Right? I used to be real bitter and angry towards, towards the world, and I'm still going to be, I'm just going to kind of hold on to that. I want to tell you, some people think that, like, you just have to muster up the change. I want to tell you, this Just this last slide is just going to say this. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps you to change. Right? Change is something that you ask the Holy Spirit to help you with. The Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit literally empowers you to do that. Otherwise, it's like you're trying to lift a 1,000 pounds by yourself. You can't do it, but the Holy Spirit can. The Holy Spirit can do the lifting. The Holy Spirit does the empowering. The Holy Spirit enables you to do that. And, and I'm not saying you're going to go lift a 1,000 pounds. You're like, oh, the Holy Spirit is going to... Nope, you're going to break your back. But I'm saying, like, if you're like, I don't understand why I'm not changing. Can I just clue you into something? You haven't asked the Holy Spirit to help you. And it's a long process, a long road. But there was, if you're reading between the lines, you're seeing Zacchaeus automatically like, not only am I a Christian, not only has salvation come to my house, but I'm, I'm going to obey. I'm going to walk this thing out. I'm going to start changing my mind and changing my direction. And so I just want to help you understand, like, Zacchaeus, Abraham, Noah, Moses, they all did crazy stuff because they were perfect. The perfection is not attainable. And, And them doing good things was a God thing, not a them thing. Because all the whole time, God was like, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to empower you. If you're on your own, yeah, the change is not going to happen. But the Holy Spirit is the one who will do the work to change you, okay? I'm going to pray for you. We'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for these students, Lord. I pray that we would walk away uh, with this kind of story of Zacchaeus in our hearts, knowing that he, he knows our name, he knows where we live, he knows what matters to us, he knows our backstory, he knows what we've done, but he also knows our potential. And so Lord, I pray that we wouldn't be students who are just like, yeah, I'm gonna attend my Bible study and I'm not really gonna like walk it out. What we learn, we should apply to our life like Zacchaeus did. Lord, I pray for us that we uh, would just have safety as we go and have a a great day tomorrow. And I pray, amen. All right, we are dismissed.